Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. In the gym, nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast, bringing you a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z, fan of no team, but a lover of basketball, and welcome to today's show. We're going to name this show Dysfunctional Friday. I'm going to take a look at two teams that we expected to do great things based on their talent, but they've been struggling early on out the gate. But before we get into that, just want to give you a quick reminder. If you're listening to this, thank you, salute. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be able to keep getting this great content. Spread the word. We're on Apple iTunes. Spreaker.com is the host site. You can find us over on iHeartRadio. And for you Android listeners and everybody else that indulges in Spotify, we are on Spotify as well. The website is www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Check it out. I also write blogs over there dealing with basketball and other subjects. We also have some merch. So if you want to be a supporter, full-fledged supporter of the Off the Glass podcast, grab you a T-shirt. Without further ado, let's get right into the show, though. Uh, I wanted to speak about an Eastern Conference team and a Western Conference team. You're probably wondering what two teams we're going to talk about. For the East, we're going to talk about the Washington Wizards. The West, we're going to hit on the Houston Rockets. Let's start in the, in, in the West with the Rockets, who are coming off a season where they were the number one record in the, in the Western Conference. They were within one game of making it to the finals. Some say they were within one major injury of dethroning the Golden State Warriors when Chris Paul went down with the hamstring. To now, they are currently 1-5. They're struggling. Mike D'Antoni said they don't have their swagger right now. The numbers don't lie either. Right now, they're 25th in offenses efficiency, so towards, towards the bottom, excuse me, at 103.8. Defense, they're actually one point better. They're 24th with a defensive rating of 113.8. Their efficiency is 28th. is terrible in offensive uh, efficiency overall. Their efficiency is 48%. They're 16th in pace, so they're at the bottom of pace. So the numbers are not back, I don't lie, and are, and are backing up their horde start right now. And you know what? It'll be easy to just sit back and just blame Carmelo Anthony. I don't want to do that. Does he get part of the blame? Sure. But you don't go from losing Trevor Ariza and Rich Rashad Bamute as well. And I don't want to put too much on that as well. The point I'm making is it's a combination of a lot of factors. First of all, the style of play that they they have is a lot of isolation basketball relying heavily on the greatness of James Harden and Chris Paul, and rightfully so. 
Harden was your MVP last year. But the par- problem is, is the pieces. When you lose guys like Ariza and Balamute, who are your are very solid locker room guys, leaders, especially somebody like Ariza, who's a little bit more outspoken, hold guys accountable, didn't mind taking those defensive assignments, um, didn't mind at times not necessarily touching the ball offensively because it was so ball-dominated by Harden and Paul. But you also lose a great shooter and somebody who's willing to accept the role as a glue guy, as a 3 and D guy in the same role that he's had his whole career. You swipe that out, and I get it. You probably weren't going to be able to pay him because Phoenix was able to give him one year $15 million. You weren't going to match that. But they let Bob Mute go, go away for really nothing, and I don't think it really affected the luxury tax at the time. And it's interesting how they're even contemplating because things have been so terrible, they kind of have to shift you know, horses mid-race now. They might have to make a trade where they bring in Jimmy Butler and it's a possibility that they go to the luxury tax. But the bottom line is they replaced those two players with Michael Carter-Williams, who's been terrible, Carmelo Anthony, who has been terrible, James Ennis, who's solid, but he's never really been one of those guys who is going to necessarily plug in and give you those intangibles that the other two guys were giving you. He's a very solid NBA player. He's a very good athlete. Um, but you you weren't going to replace those two. Now, I think what gets over stated over and over and over again sometimes is how valuable chemistry is when it comes to basketball, sports. I would say even a successful business, anything in life, marriage, you have to have chemistry with the people that you're either working with, the person that you're a partner with, the person that you're married with, everything. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And they were able to hang their hats on defense, especially as the season went on, playing that really good switching style of defense, switching everything. And it was interesting how Carmelo came out in the presser and said that they need to stop switching because, you know, it's basically making him look foolish instead of him saying, taking onus on himself and be able to switch up his game and be able to play better defense. But I don't think he's even physical capable capable of playing defense like that at this stage in his career. He never was known as a defender, number one. His lateral movement on defense never has been great. So to expect him to try to do that now was, to me, a, a reach. I thought it was a reach. I don't want to be mean and say he was washed, but he was washed. You know, we look at these guys, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Great career, elite score, can score the ball many different ways, and was a, a great bona fide first option a lot of his career. He had a couple seasons when he was even an MVP candidate. But those days for Melo are far in the past. They're in the rear view. You're not going to get that back from him. So to me, I thought it was a gamble to bring him in when you lose those other guys and think plug him in especially when he has the mentality as somebody who thinks he's a first option. He's no longer a first ap- option. And it wouldn't surprise me as the season goes on, he's going to be disgruntled, but if they really want to win, he, they're going to have to slowly remove him out of the ro- rotation and just let him know some nights you might not get any minutes. As we get to the playoffs, you might not get any minutes at all because you're just not that kind of player no more. And that's no disrespect to Carmelo and his career, but that's just where we are. At the end of the day, it's about production. It's about being able to show up, play your position, play good defense, do the things they ask you to do, and Melo's just not capable, nor are the rest of those other guys. And I noticed this early on, how even somebody like Eric Gordon, he was uh, sixth man of the year last year, I want to say. uh, If I'm wrong, I apologize because I'm kind of doing this. I should have looked that up. I apologize. But he definitely was a candidate for the sixth man of the year. And you can tell how his rhythm early on and, and the chemistry was affected bringing somebody like Carmelo into the fold. He didn't know when he was going to get his shots. 
You know, they offense didn't look as fluid. Harden has been out early on with the hamstring injury. You know, everything just looks disjointed. You get Capella back. He's looked okay, but they just don't look the same, and it's to be expected when you bring in these kind of guys. And I don't know how they write the ship. I'll say this, Daryl Morey, who won executive of the year, they have a great team down there in Houston, smart guy, a pioneer, excuse me, when it comes to some of the things, working the cap, understanding the, the collective bargaining agreement, be able to move players. Um, it's been in the news, if you follow basketball, that they've offered up four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler to try to right this ship because you signed Chris Paul to this huge deal. And the thinking had to be that this season and maybe next season are about as much as a great window you're going to Chris, get in Chris Paul because history shows after that it's a, long, it's a decline in point guards and it sometimes falls off a cliff. So you knew this window with Chris Paul and James Harden as your main stars and the main backcourt was small, so they're going to have to do something. But Minnesota's saying, hey, we'll take the picks. That's cool and all, but we want Eric Gordon or another piece back, and they won't do any deal, discuss any deal without Eric Gordon. So now we're in a stare down. You know, we're sitting at the poker table. We're going to see who's going to fold first, and Houston is 1-5 right now. You know, you might have to say, hey, if we're going to really capitalize on this window of Harden and Paul, we might have to make the tough decision and go ahead and put Eric Gordon in that deal to get this deal done so we can get Jimmy Butler in and so we can sav- salvage what's left of the season. You add Jimmy Butler, do they beat the Warriors? I still don't say no. I still say no. I think ultimately the Warriors' stiffest competition is going to come out the East, whether it's Boston or Toronto, who Boston looked fantastic last night as they showed Milwaukee that they're just a level above as far as talent and their depth was able to overwhelm Milwaukee. Even though it was a closely played game, they had a chance Milwaukee down to stretch the force overtime. Giannis had a great game. Chris Middleton turned it on late. But I don't think the Rockets, even with making that deal, is going to be able to dethrone the Warriors. I think they'll make a good playoff push. But, man, it's amazing how things can change in a year. And in the NBA, like, you have to have the superstar talent to win. You really do to really be competitive, to even have a shot at a championship. But that supporting cast, those bench guys, those role players, those are the, t- the players where champions are truly made and where you win championships. And two players do make a difference in this situation when it comes to chemistry and a reason by Mute. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out um, going forward. Now, for the Washington Wizards, who are 1-6, been a dumpster fire, their offensive rating right now is 24 for 104.3. Their defensive is 25th at 114.1. Their overall efficiency is near the bottom at 23 at 49.7. They're fifth in pace, which proves my point in one of my the podcasts I did. I want to say it's episode 40 when I was kind of recapping the first two weeks of the league and everybody was talking about pace. Pace don't necessarily equate to great play. It just means that you're playing fast. They're near the, the top in pace, but playing some of the worst basketball, uninspired basketball, looks very dysfunctional. Johnny John Wall, his body language has been terrible. Not a lot of great leadership there. And the question is, does Scotty Brooks survive this? I mean, he signed a huge contract. I want to say it was $35 million over, over five years, so he's getting upwards to $7 million a year. If you're ownership, do you fire him and eat the rest of that contract, or do you try to package some players and, and shake this thing up. John Wall, Supermax deal clicks in next season. I was looking at it with my father-in-law and my wife. 
John Wall is going to make $47 million at the end of that deal, man. Disastrous deal for them. I said going in, John Wall, potential when he got his head straight, when he's healthy, all-NBA performer, one of the best point guards in the league. But often or not, you don't always get that from him. Conditioning has always been a question with him, his focus, his dedication. I know he works hard in the summer. We see the YouTube tapes. But for some reason, it doesn't transfer over. I thought Bradley Beal, when Wall went out last year, I've said this on other podcasts, has really took a step forward. He's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He's a guy I feel like who can handle the ball. You sign Otto Porter. You needed to sign him. It's a lot of money, not a necessarily bad contract, but Wall, to me, and it's, it's fair or not fair. He's the point guard. He's the catalyst for all that. He's not really getting the guys there involved. The chemistry looks terrible. The body language looks terrible. The numbers is backing it up. And I and I thought this last year, even though they made the playoffs, you know, they made a run. You know, year before that, they were in the conference finals. You know, so it's not that they're a bad team and they haven't had, you know, any success. But, man, you know, they just look terrible right now. And one and six with all that kind of talent in the East on top of that is just not acceptable they need to be shaken up. They got to do something different, man. It's not going to work. Um, but I don't know what you do with this roster. Now we're leaning on Dwight Howard coming back. <laughs> Good luck with that. I mean, the numbers are going to prove out that he's been productive. But now he left the Lakers. He left Houston. He went to Atlanta. It was the big homecoming. Everybody was excited. He's here in Atlanta. He messed that locker room up. He goes to Charlotte. Well, last year he was productive, had decent numbers. But they couldn't get off, couldn't wait to get off his contract and move him. And now he's in Washington where he could still be productive, but I don't think he he's what you're looking for. He's not going to be the savior. So Washington, Houston, disasters overall. Been very disappointing early on in the season. And I know we're still early, but, man, especially for the Rockets, man, you're in the West. You don't want to dig yourself too big of a hole that you can't get out of. Every team, every night is going to be a battle. Denver has taken a step forward. Portland is playing well. New Orleans, even though they kind of start out fire, they're playing still a little decent. Davis, we have to monitor him. He was out last night in Portland. LeBron is going to be right there with the Lakers. Derrick Rose uh, goes for 50, and I'm going to get into that in a second on the other side of the break. But um, if you're Houston, you don't want to get too far. Washington, lucky for you, you're in the east. But as I said, you're way down there. Boston. Toronto looks a step above. Milwaukee, to me, looks better than Philly right now. Indiana's going to be right there chomping at Philly. Indiana looks better than than Philly to me right now. Very good, very solid team. So wanted to weigh in on those two teams real quick. On the other side of the break, we're going to do our rookie corner, and I'm going to weigh in and give you my thoughts on Derrick Rose. More to come from the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there, are you enjoying the content? As I stated in the intro, make sure to head over to Spreaker.com, become a follower of the podcast, wherever your listening platform is, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, make sure to subscribe. Go over to the website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com, read the blogs, comment, let's dialogue. You can also follow me on the social media outlets on Twitter. Make sure to follow your boy. I'm always on Twitter, ZJ at Off the Glass. On Instagram is Zach Off the Glass. Follow me on Instagram. The fan page on Facebook is The Off the Glass Podcast. 
Make sure to follow all those who have. Thanks for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Off the Glass podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective. You're listening to Z. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, as I stated in the, in the, on the other side of the break, we're going to do our rookie corner. Kind of wanted to weigh in on some things. Luka Doncic looks head and shoulders above everybody else, like I stated. Um, I was thinking about this because Sacramento has been off to a good start. Don't know if they're going to maintain that, but De'Aaron Fox has been playing well, and I can only help but imagine that even though I think Bagley is going to be a solid pro, at his ceiling he should be an all-star player, rebounder, energy guy, can score a little bit. But, man, I would have took Doncic and paired him with Fox. And I know it was some nervousness about two guys who handled the ball, but, again, I'm saying, man, if we're going to do this basketball thing, let's not be lazy, man. Let's go and look at how Luka was able to play with uh, – Goran Dragic on the national team, another ball-dominant point guard. They played well together. Either his team in Spain where he played alongside other guards as well and was able to thrive and become the EuroLeague Player of the Year. Very smart guy, very cerebral. He could have played alongside anybody. To me, if you put him out there with Harry Giles, with um, Willie Cauley-Stein, Buddy Hill has played well. Sacramento, to me, just takes off because Fox has been sensational this year. He's played really well in year two, and I see why they were so high on him. And I was high on Fox as well. And I know, not to get off on a tangent, but it was a, a poll of who do you take. Um, do you take Ball or you take Fox? Me, personally, I'm not jumping the gun of being, you know, emotional, excited over Fox's start. I've just always liked Fox better than Ball. I really have. I We saw it on full display when Fox went at him. You know, ball to fold it like a wet piece of paper in the in the NCAA tournament. Fox had a great game. I think Ball is a great player. I think it is a tough comparison to you in perspective and being honest because they're two totally different players. Ball is somebody who has a high IQ. Not saying Fox doesn't, but he passes the ball. He's the perfect point guard to play alongside LeBron. His shot has looked better this season. But the thing I've always questioned with Ball, and even with Aiden, and I'm going to transition to Aiden after I make this point about Ball, is if we're questioning your effort and motor, that's a problem for me. I don't want to worry about are you going to be bringing it night after night. You don't question that with Fox. He plays hard every night. And that's been my that was my concern with Aiden going into the draft. It was well documented, his motor. I watched him play the other night against San Antonio, and don't get me wrong, it's a veteran team, veteran players. LaMarcus Aldridge, who was second team on NBA last year, dominated him. Pau Gasol was even able to blow past him off the dribble. He just seems lost out there on the pick and roll. And I understand those kind of things are going to come. He's young. He's going to have to learn how to play the game. He's going to have to learn position. But to me, you you don't have to – it doesn't take uh, anything to play hard, to bring effort on every single possession – or multiple possessions, or most of, I should say, most of the possessions night after night. And he doesn't bring that, even on offense. Some of the laziest picks I've seen, he doesn't make contact with the guy. It's almost like he's not setting a pick. The guy who's guarding the point guard has no resistance as far as able to fight over or get through the screen. Offensively, the talent is there. He has some nice moves. He's been playing well. You're going to see the stats. He's the only rookie averaging a double-double. I saw the stat on ESPN during the telecast. He's the first rookie since Chris Webber to average a double-double. But sometimes stats can look a little empty. And I look at the other thing, and again, with him, it's going to be effort. Bagley struggled a little bit. He's played solid as of late. Uh, Jaron Jackson has played well as well. But 
again, man, we're going to look at this Doncic thing, man, and a lot of teams going to say they wish they would have took this guy. Uh, I saw Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova last night in Milwaukee. He's played well. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I want to kind of mention. I just mainly wanted to give Doncic some love. I mean, he had 31 points the other night in one of his games, and he's looked well. So great game last night. The other night, I should say, not last night. Finished with 50 points in an overtime win over Utah. Um, I have been critical of Derrick Rose on this podcast as far as his play. Nothing personal. I mean, he's from my city, went to Simeon High School. He's going to be a legend in high school basketball as far as coming out of Chicago. But facts are facts, man. Um, to me, he didn't play well in New York, even though the stats bear it out. And mainly what I was saying is, is the intangible part of, of his game of being able to get other people involved, think the game a little bit, not play so fast, because he was not going to be that MVP-type player again. I thought he could be a, a solid pro, somebody who could start at the point guard position, but I wanted him to kind of switch gears and show how he could run a team. But I got to give him props, man. Early on, uh, we had the whole Jimmy Butler saga that's still ongoing, and multiple reports are saying now they're resting him because it was part of the plan. I really think they're resting him because um, they're getting ready to probably trade him in, soon, more sooner than later, more than likely. But uh, with Derrick Rose, he came out, he started at two guards some games alongside Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague and Butler was the other night, and, you know, he had a great game. Got to give him props. Like I said, got to give him props. He's been through a lot. It was a, It's a great story on the basketball side of things. I know uh, people on Twitter were kind of trying to comment on some of his off-the-court things because people were using – uh, redemption and all these kind of storylines. And, and as far as that goes, you know, it's been in the headlines. I don't want to get too much into it, you know, because that is his personal life. But there is a civil case going on with him and a young woman dating back to that that trial that he was found now guilty of. But with that being said, my thoughts on that even is as a man and as a person, you can only be held accountable for your actions. I always say certain things about me you're just not going to hear about because I've never been one to put myself in these kind of situations that these athletes find themselves in. And whether right or wrong or otherwise, if you don't put yourself in certain situations, then people can't comment on your personal life. And people feel like they can comment in your personal life because you're in the limelight. That's the way it goes with celebrity, whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, then don't play. Don't be a celebrity. It is what it is. Some things in life are not fair. I always say that all the time. But, again, you can always be held accountable for your own actions. So not going to give my opinion too much on how the case plays out either way. But I will say that as somebody who's an adult, a father, a husband, a man, somebody's going to teach his son the same thing. Always move smart. Don't hang around people that can influence you any kind of way and just be accountable for your actions. But let me get off my soapbox with that real quick. But back to the game. Again, he played well. People were saying yeah, he's going to be an MVP candidate and he's back. No, I think it's just a blimp on the radar. and We'll just see how it goes from here on out. I think he does have a legit shot to be sixth man of the year or even most improved player in the league. But, again, basketball-wise, I'm happy to see that man come back. I know it was a lot of emotion for him after the game, even with his teammates. And, again, I'm happy to see him come back. I wish him none but best of success the rest of the season. He's going to have to play well for Minnesota to even have a shot at missing – I mean, sniffing the playoffs because don't know where it's going to go with this Butler thing. And until they get that cloud from over their franchise and – Towns and Wiggins are able to kind of come to the forefront. And Towns has been playing a little bit better, got off to the shaky start. I think the whole saga has been affecting him. Wiggins, I don't know what's going on with him anymore. Um, 
Don't know. Uh, don't know if he's going to be that player that we once thought he was going to be when he was the number one pick coming out of coming out of Kansas a couple, just a few years ago. They signed him to that big disastrous contract. I've said before, I don't want to be a broken record. I wouldn't have signed him to that money. But again, shout out to Derrick Rose. Salute to him. Great game. Great performance. One of the best performances in this young NBA season. So with that being said, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening to your boy. Remember to follow me over on Twitter, ZJ at off the uh, off the glass on Twitter, Instagram is Zach off the glass. The fan page on Facebook is the Off the Glass Podcast. The website again is www.offtheglasspodcast.com. Read the blogs, grab your shirt. Thanks to for support. Make sure to subscribe, download, and like, and all those great things. Everybody have a safe day out there. This is your boy signing off. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.